on today's Locked On Royals podcast. We're going to dive into the Kansas City Royals finding their new manager. What does this mean? Is this a step in the right direction? And did the Royals get this hire right whenever they hired the former Rays bench coach? We'll talk about it all coming up on the Lockdown Royals podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Royals baseball. For your second lesson, go check out the Lockdown MLB podcast, which is getting you set for the World Series, which shifts over to Philadelphia uh, tonight, Tuesday, because it got rained out on Monday tonight. So check it out on the Lockdown MLB podcast. On today's show, here's what we have in line for you this week. Today's show on Monday night will be about the Royals hiring their new skipper. Tuesday's show will be about the season as a whole. How do we grade last season as a whole? Wednesday will be an episode discussing how the Royals move forward now with a fresh start, with a new manager, with a new leadership in the front office, and into that Sherman era. Thursday, I'm going to talk about how next season can truly save the game of baseball. And on Friday, let's have some fun. Let's talk about the offseason as a whole in the sense of what is out there for the Royals to go explore and what do winning teams need that the Royals don't have right now. So let's look at the playoffs. Let's see what those playoff teams have in common and do the Royals have whatever that thing is on this roster and how do they acquire it if they don't? We're going to talk about that on Friday. So a jam-packed week at Lockdown Royals. Make sure you subscribe across all your podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube. Let's get into the Royals hiring their manager. So the Royals fire their pitching coach. They fire their manager. They fire their general manager, President of Baseball Ops Dayton Moore. And so far, they've hired a skipper. It will be Matt Cuatero, I believe is how you say it. Uh, but we'll learn more about how to say it at the uh, whenever we hear it said at the press conference and things of that nature. And look, I, I want to preface, prefix, or preface all of this with. No one truly knows how good Matt Q will be. We can have opinions. We can have ideas. 
we can have thoughts, but it, we just don't know. So let's all agree that we will not resurface this this episode in four years and use it on old takes exposed. Okay, can that be off the table for a second? Can we just talk candidly and speculatorily without the fear of that? Because I think that this is a really great hire. I've been saying for the last three years of this podcast that the Royals need to shape their team, need to shape their organization like the Rays, like the Guardians, right? What'd they do? Their new owner has formerly been with the Guardians. Their new manager has formerly been with the Guardians and the Rays. JJ, again, I want to say with JJ, I understand the crutch that you want to put on him or the narrative you want to put on him of, oh, he's just Dayton Moore Jr. But I would warn you, there are often situations that I'm sure you've been in yourself where you might like your boss as a person, you might think that your boss is a great person, but you don't think that their ideas or their way of handling situations is correct. So I want to lend that same credence to J.J. Bacolia. You know, he might not have agreed with what Dayton Moore was doing on the baseball field, but, who, but, but what is he going to do? He is below Dayton Moore, and Dayton Moore is his boss. I mean, he, he can't really hold on to that. But the way that Sherman talked at that press conference, the move that he made in hiring this GM and hire, you know, hiring this manager, it feels like the Royals are going to be more like the Rays and Guardians. Now, what does that mean? It means trying to find value in the margins. And that happens top-down, executively, managerially, and players-wise. It means no longer holding on to guys just because they've been here for a long time. If there's value out there to trade a guy like Wood Merrifield two years ago, whenever he's just on a, you know, on a tear, on a heater, and everybody wants him, and you know, hey, this team isn't going anywhere. This team isn't going anywhere. It's not a good team. Let's trade them right now. Our fans are not going to like it. They're going to miss two hit wit. But in the long run, they will like it because in the long run, it'll produce more winning. It feels like this new regime, and I'm, and I'm counting Sherman as a new regime, even though he's been here for a long time, and a long time being like, what, three years, two years? No, I, I'm counting him as a new part of this without Dayton Moore there. It feels like they're going to be more emotionless in their decision-making on the field. You still want them to be good people, and you still want them to employ good people, but emotionless in the sense of, again, let's use Whit Merrifield as an example. You could have traded Whit Merrifield two years ago to an all-time high and got back a return that truly impacts the future of your organization. Instead, you trade him whenever he is quite literally at the lowest value point of his career, of his entire career. He had his worst season in every offensive category. He had his worst season in every defensive category. He was awful at the trade deadline whenever you, whenever you shipped him away. He wouldn't get a vaccine. It caused a big stir. It caused a big ruckus around your organization. There's literally nothing redeeming about his season for Kansas City this year, and this is the year you decide to trade him. right? Whereas the Rays and the Guardians would have traded him two years ago and got back value. It's what the Rays did in trading Longoria. It's your face of the franchise. It's, it's, a, it's a player that generations upon gener- generations in Tampa Bay had rallied around, but yet you still trade him to San Francisco, and yet, because of that, you are, of course, having success down the road. 
look, the, the goal is championships. The goal is World Series. But this sport is so fluky that if you build a team that is capable of being in the playoffs each and every year, then that, that stuff will solve itself. Because you could have the best team on paper by a mile in baseball and lose in the first round. It's unlike any other sport. If you have the best team on paper in basketball, you're going to win the first round series. You just are. If you have the best team in paper in football, you're going to win the first round series. You just are. Baseball, it is just fluky. And we saw how fluky it was in Kansas City, the two playoff years that they made it. So you have to get into the dance consistently and at least not be a laughing stock. That's what the Royals have been. Try to find the example besides, I guess, the Marlins could be this, you know, where you go to two World Series in a short time span for the Royals, it was back-to-back years. For the Marlins, it was, what, 97 and 2000 and uh, something, one or three or what, uh, three, 2000, you know, 97 and three. You know, for the Royals, it was back-to-back years. Beyond those two years, though, worst team in baseball, laughing stock in the organization, they ban, they ban porn in the locker room, they, they, they hold on to guys way too long, they, they lose 100 games every single year in the worst division in baseball. You can't be that anymore. And I think that this hires a step in the right direction. Now, how do I know that or how do I feel that about a raised bench coach? We'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is your number one source for all things betting, odds, score, and info. Check it out today whenever you go to Bet Online. And what makes BetOnline.net so interesting, you can bet on the spread of games, right? You can bet on, you know, the, the point spread for football, baseball, basketball, NHL, college football, college basketball, MMA, boxing. But you can also bet on these prop bets. So you can bet right now on who you think will win the AL Cy Young Award, right? You can bet right now on who you think will win the NFL MVP Award, who you think will win the NFL Super Bowl. And kind of see how it plays out over a long duration of time. To where if you feel very strongly about an upset special in that category, you can do it. You can also bet straight up where you bet on the lines and the over-unders and the money lines, stuff like that. So they have everything that you want. Odds, news, scores, podcasts, whatever. You need reviews, uh, analysis, breakdowns at betonline.net. Check them out today, betonline.net. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The Lockdown Sports Today podcast is a podcast breaking down the biggest storylines from beyond the scoreboard. It's going to go behind the scenes for you Monday through Friday. 30 minutes or less, you get every single big storyline from every single sport. It's a great way to keep up with sports uh, across these leagues because we know we get so invested in our favorite leagues like the NFL or MLB in Kansas City. And maybe you want to keep up with the news of the NBA or of college sports, and then they can help you do that uh, at Locked On Sports Today. Check it out today, Locked On Sports Today, wherever you get your podcast from. Now, whenever you... Look, whenever you look at this hire, just to circle it all the way back, after giving all that all that prefix. When you look at this hire at the end of the day, it is a bench coach. You, you, you have hired a 
a raised bench coach that no one knows how good, no one knows how bad that he will be. Matty Q could be the next legendary skipper that has a statue in left field. He could also be, you know, a total dud that is fired in four years. We just don't know. But by all accounts, this hire is a guy that can handle a young clubhouse, a guy that can build relationships. We don't know how he manages a bullpen. We don't know how uh, he, he would he will handle the X's and O's to whatever extent there are in baseball, how he'll fill out a lineup card. But it seems as though he has that it factor about locker room control, clubhouse control with a young team from all reports that we're seeing from all these national reporters. So that's great. That's great to know. And I do want to give the Royals credit here for having an interview process and not hiring the flashiest name they could have. They could have tried to hire some retread manager like Bruce Bochy or, you know, Joe Madden or Ron Washington or someone like that that would not have fit this team. That's not to say that Ron Washington should never manage again. I think he should get another shot. That's not to say that Bruce Bochy should never manage again. He got another shot. That's not to say that, you know, Joe Madden should never manage again. It is what it is with Joe Madden. But this team can't afford that, right? This team doesn't need their manager to be this larger-than-life figure. And it's pretty clear whenever Matheny seemingly lost the clubhouse that this team does not need someone who's going to put their bona fides on the table every single day. I think that hire a guy that, 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 that can manage relationships and that can convince you that, hey, we're all in this together. We're all chipping away at our goals together. I'm trying to be a big league manager for a long time. You're trying to be a big league player for a long time. How can we help each other reach our goals? Having that more peer feeling than that superior feeling, I think will do good for the Royals because I think that baseball coaching is mainly about that relationship factor and mainly about the feeling you get than X's and O's and drawing up a great game plan for how you're going to attack Mike Trout. He's either going to hit the ball or he's not, folks. I mean, yes, there's there's more detail than that, uh, but it's not the same as drawing up a, a complex offense in football or basketball or, or defensive scheme on how to take the best player out of the game in either sport. Like, it's mainly just you versus them at that point, you know, right? Once you go on the field. And yes, he's going to figure out how to manage a bullpen, whatever. But he's been a part of winning staffs. He's been a part of overachieving teams, which, which, let's face it, more often than not, the Royals, to be good in a small market with not enough money to spend and any of that good stuff, they're going to have to, when they're good, overachieve. It's Jeremy Guthrie overachieving, right? It's Jason Vargas overachieving, right? It, it is... It is all these. It, it is Kendrick Morales coming back and having a career year after a historic injury and overachieving. It, it is all these things lining up at the perfect time to help you win in Kansas City. And that comes from I think that those relationships and that camaraderie and that buy-in, which the Royals clearly did not have. The Royals were telling you last year before the year started. 
hey, this is our year to get back to the postseason. More teams than ever get in, and we feel like this team's ready to take the step. And then when spring training starts, they start to pull back the the reins on that and go, well, you know, still probably a year away. And then whenever we get into the season, it's a disastrous start. We find out later, oh, wow, whenever they were telling us in surprise Arizona that they expect to make the playoffs, their best player on the team, Lord Merrifield, you know, our second best, what we want to say about Southern Bros, second best player on the team perception-wise, didn't get vaccinated and didn't care and said that he would get vaccinated for a contingency team but not get vaccinated for this team. Wow, he had no buy-in. He had no care. He was checked out. He didn't care about that rah-rah stuff anymore. Remember how important last year was, which is why I, I'm going to talk about that a lot tomorrow. You know, for, the, for the three years leading up to last year, even the biggest homers around Kansas City media that are literally getting their information from the actual team and telling you, which is a great service, telling you what the actual team believes, which is a great inside scoop that, that you are fortunate enough to get from these places. They were telling you 2023, 2023, 2023, for, I mean, I'm sorry, 2022, 2022, 2022, for all these last few years here, for all these last um, two, three, four years of this rebuild. Then we get here and they go, ah, you know, actually it's going to be 2023. And they kind of shy away from that. Because no one bought into that my way or the highway, Mike Matheny's larger than life, he's a raw, raw guy. No one bought into that on last year's team. So you don't need a been there, done that guy. You don't need a raw, raw, flip the spread guy. You don't need a joke, cool guy. You need an actual relatable manager that I think that Matt Q can be. And look, maybe he can't manage the bullpen. Maybe he can't actually form these relationships with these current guys. Maybe he, maybe he can't do any of this. But I would I would rather bet, right? I would rather bet on Matt Q working in Kansas City than Bruce Bochy working in Kansas City or Joe Madden working in Kansas City. So they at least took the gamble and the bet on the non-flashy name because they believe it can work long-term and it can work and pay dividends later on. They're not trying to win a press conference. They're not trying to win a headline. They're trying to win baseball games. And this is the step that I've been talking about of making the Royals more like the Rays and the Guardians. When the Royals went out and signed Michael A. Taylor and signed uh, you know, Carlos Santana, they wanted, to, they wanted to keep pushing this narrative through the media. How many times did you see John Heyman and other reporters, you know, Morose, other reporters say, oh, look at the Royals. They're so courageous. They're spending money when everyone else is scared to spend money uh, for a team projected to do bad. Oh, look at the Royals and how brave they are for spending uh, checks notes like 12 million bucks. Oh, look how great they are. They pump that through the media. Where do you think that stuff comes from? It's the Royals pumping that messaging out there. They wanted to win a headline. They wanted to win the offseason. They wanted to win the award. They wanted to win the, 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 the feelings award from the fan base. This front office and this new ownership and Sherman, and again, I'm going to call them new because I think that without having Dayton Moore holding them back, it is new. They're no longer trying to convince you right now in December or in November or in October. They're trying to convince you in February, in March, in April, in May, in June, in July. They're trying to convince you when it actually matters. They're not trying to win a headline. So you might look at this and say, a bench coach? A raised bench coach? Who cares? You might look at this and go, 
I've never heard of this guy before. They don't care about that. They don't care about your reaction to it to, right now to this day. They think that they hire this guy, he comes in, he performs well, and then all of a sudden he is in Royals lore or whatever you want to think is the perfect outcome, right? They're not, but, but the point is, they're not trying to win today. They're trying to win the future. They're trying to win tomorrow. They're trying to win the subsequent days after this of the Matt Q era. So sure, it's not the sexy, clickbaity headline. I can't put in my YouTube title that the Royals hired Joe Madden and go back and review all of his crazy antics that he used to do with the Rays and the Angels and the Cubs. But that's not what this team needed. This team didn't need another guy who had been there. I'm interested to see how this team grows together, develops together, works together, builds together, and what this new regime looks like. But for me, right now, and again, it's hard to make these assumptions off of hiring a bench coach, but we've got to talk about it. We've got to do it. For me, on the outside looking in, it looks like this is a really good hire. From everything that we've seen, everything we've read, everything that we've uh, been presented to us, it's a good hire, it's a measured hire, and it's one that you can get excited about in the future. And if you want to be reserved right now because it's a bench coach and you don't know about him, that's perfectly fine and reasonable and rational and understandable. And I think that that's what the team wants from you. They want you not to have to jump off the deep end off of the, the day that they hire him because they think that you'll be doing jumping jacks once you actually see him perform. So we'll see. And it'll be fun. And we'll be along for the ride here on Lockdown Royals every day, wherever you're your podcast from. So until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.